Hello and welcome to day 73 of our Bible reading course, as we continue with Mark's account of the events of Holy Week. Today's passage is Mark chapter 14, verses 12 to 72. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you once again through the new and living way opened up by Jesus your Son at the cross. Thank you for that enormous privilege, and bless this time, I pray. Amen. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee, Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the cock crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entrance. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing round them, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, 
Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the cock crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the cock crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. It's Passover, the great annual celebration of Israel's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. Jesus knows that he's a marked man and that he's going to be betrayed by one of the twelve. But it's vital to him that this doesn't happen too soon because he has some really important things to say to his disciples. So it seems that he's already arranged to use the guest room in someone's home. The same word that's used in the nativity story, by the way, and nothing to do with inns. And he's carefully devised a way of protecting its identity from his betrayer. Evening comes and they eat together a lengthy meal involving the Passover lamb. Jesus gives the traditional thanks for the bread and then shocks everyone in the room by telling them that from now on it represents his body, which of course would be broken at the cross. We can imagine the puzzled expressions on their faces. This is compounded when he takes a cup of wine and speaks of it as his blood, covenant blood, that will be poured out. This is clearly the language of sacrifice, which is not only shocking, but deeply disturbing. What could he possibly mean? Jeremiah had spoken of a new covenant being made by God, but it's hardly likely that any of them would have thought of that at the time. And then something about Jesus not drinking wine again until he does so in the kingdom of heaven. All very confusing. In Gethsemane, Jesus wrestles with his approaching death, asking that God would take this cup of suffering from him, but also submitting to his will. This is a very natural, yet courageous and faithful prayer of anguish. Jesus is not being compelled to lay down his life by a cold and dispassionate judge in some kind of impersonal legal transaction. He willingly does so because he shares the same love for the world that his Abba Father does. His three closest disciples have slept through the whole travail, but now he wakes them because the time for his betrayal can no longer be delayed. And then, as if to highlight their complete unawareness of the significant events that are unfolding around them, the disciples run off in blind fear, including an anonymous young man who some think might be an autobiographical note by the Gospel's author, John Mark. The trial that then takes place before the Jewish Sanhedrin is fraught with illegalities. It mustn't happen at night or during a festival, and it can't pronounce a guilty verdict until a day has elapsed from the trial. Various charges are framed, but all come to nothing, until the high priest brings that of blasphemy, claiming to be God, or technically God's Messiah. Jesus answers truthfully, I am, adding some words from that vision of the Son of Man we read in Daniel chapter 7, coming with the clouds of heaven. Nothing wrong with claiming to be the Messiah, if you actually are, surely. Unless the high priest takes I am as a reference to the divine name, Yahweh. This is probably splitting hairs, 
any confession was good enough and he duly passes sentence. This is such a familiar passage of scripture that we associate with Easter and Maundy Thursday in particular. As I listened to it today, did anything catch my attention afresh or in a new way? Maybe I can take a piece of paper sometime after this podcast and write down my reflections. Yet not what I will, but what you will, is not a cry of resignation, but an acknowledgement that the believer's life is completely in God's hands and at his service. Have there been times when I have sensed this so very strongly that I have been able to echo Jesus' prayer? Is this going on for me right now in some way? Lord Jesus, I worship you for being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you for this new and even greater Passover, an act of liberation not just for Israel, but for the whole world. And I pray for those of my Christian brothers and sisters in many places who are persecuted for their faith today. Strengthen them, I ask, especially when they are tempted either to deny you or even betray you. May they stand firm to the end and so receive a crown of righteousness. In your precious name. Amen.